0: As you know, we are in an era where product reviews will make or break your sales, and many companies are still navigating their way around best practices to drive more genuine reviews that impact others. Join me as I chat with Karen, the marketing manager of Sleep Corp, the leading providers of products that foster healthy sleep. We'll be discovering her product review tips and tricks to fast-track results for you too. Welcome to Mastering the Mum Market, where we take a trending topic and explore it in a three-part series from the perspective of a brand, an influencer, and mum shoppers. I'm your host, Christy Nicholas, and the CEO of Mum Power. I can't wait to pull back the curtain on ways to fast-track your growth. Now let's get started. Karen, thanks so much for joining us on Mastering the Mum Market podcast. It's really great to have you here.
1: Thanks, Christy. I'm really happy to be here and looking forward to having a chat to you today. For our listeners, um, let's tell them a little bit about
0: Sleep Corp. What is your specialty over at Sleep Corp? What, What products do you guys have?
1: Yes, So um, here at Sleep Corp, our focus is on providing products that provide a good night's sleep. So many of you will know our foundation brand, which is Protector Bed Mattress and Pillow Protectors. So you will find those in retail stores um, right throughout the country. Um, and they protect your mattress from spills and stains and you and your family from allergens just so you get a better night's sleep um, we also do a number of top of bed products that you'll hear a lot more about in the future
0: and sleep is a really big deal these days because we know it sets us up for a really good day
1: correct like diet and exercise it's just one of the three pillars of a healthy lifestyle so today caro what we're going to be chatting about is the role of product
0: reviews and what we've noticed um, in recent times is that more and more people are looking at, re- at reviews before they um, make a purchase. Do you think that uh, that um, the appetite for reviews is different now compared to what it was many years back?
1: Yeah, d- definitely it's changed. And it's due to the increase in online shopping um, and the increasing availability of product reviews across a wide range of platforms. Um, and I think that it's re- resulting in people relying on them a lot more. Um, there are some challenges around that, um, that consumers may be relying on those reviews um, a little bit too much, that they may see them has been overly positive or overly negative about a brand rather than using your own judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important that consumers um, use those as a valuable tool, um, but they only use them as one consideration in their purchase decision. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Looking at reviews um, from the perspective of your brands and your products, has it always been important to Sleep Corp to have reviews or
1: has has it become more important more recently? Yeah, look, the journey of online product reviews has been an interesting one for us. In the past, they were good to receive. Um, They were not given high importance, though, in the development of our marketing strategies. They were just uh, nice to have, and we didn't actively seek them. It's definitely changed over time, particularly with the rise of online shopping and social media. So today, they're an essential tool for us. So an essential tool in building brand reputation and trust driving sales and a way for gaining feedback and insights into what is important to our customers. I know that um,
0: with your products, because you guys have been selling online and through retailers who sell online for a number of years, um, was there like anything that happened? Was there a shift in the market where you, you decided as a business that we need to concentrate on getting more reviews? Like did, did something happen or did something shift?
1: The main shift was just the change in consumer purchase patterns. So um, people had gone from you know, going in store to their traditional bricks and mortar stores um, to look at products, to actually researching them online before purchasing them. So it became really important for those reviews to be there for consumers to refer to, um, to build trust in the brand, but also to give them some feedback and information from other people about what those products are.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and like when we're looking at reviews and we're looking at what's happening online, like obviously people can read reviews, they can watch videos, they stumble across them like when they're going onto to um, retailer websites or so forth, or they, or they are specifically going to review portals. Like there's so many different ways that um, shoppers can consume reviews. Is there something that you take into consideration um, before deciding what kind of reviews you'd like to see more of?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing that we look at is what our goal is. So um, we may have a goal of increasing awareness for a particular product or it might just be purely to try and drive sales. Um, we also really consider the target audience and their buyer behavior. Um, so it's really important to understand where they go to re- read those reviews. And for us, that most commonly tends to be our website, um, the websites of our retail partners or social media. Um, and then we also want to have a look at, you know, what product we're wishing to promote because um, the different platforms may be better suited to different products. So, you know, video sometimes is a better way to explain something or show something or give a review than just a static text answer. Um, And then I guess, finally, we really look at the platform that we're gonna post on um, and how that platform works. it really is just such a complex space. You do need to consider a number of things, um, but the key is being able to use multiple platforms and do multiple testing across those 10 platforms.
0: I think that's really thoughtful what you've said, because you're obviously talking to mum's buying behaviour as well. Like, you know, you mentioned social media and you mentioned your website and your retailers. And and that is a direct reflection of her buying behavior as well. Like she's on social media. That's how she's discovering products in the first place. But before she buys, she's going to head to your website. She's going to check out the retailers. So it's really good to see how you're leaning into that buyer behavior as well. And it makes sense. And it's not a one size fits all rule. Um, Karen when it comes to people leaving uh, reviews um, obviously you've got customers that will leave a review um, that's because they want to share their experience with others and then in other instances there are people who might receive incentives or so forth how do you feel about and of course if they're receiving an incentive they're going to disclose that they've received an incentive what's your thoughts about um, people who are incentivized and have to publicly disclose that it's been incentivized. Do you reckon that that um, reduces the legitimacy of the review or is this the way of the future? Because, you know, even influencers, they're going to disclose if it's an ad or so forth. Is this another evolution of that?
1: Yeah, I agree. It's another evolution that's here to stay. It's part of a global trend towards transparency in advertising and product promotions. um, Where the incentive is probably disclosed, it can improve the credibility and trust in the review though. Um, so, if a consumer or a mum looking at that review on social media is aware that the influencer has been compensated, they can take that into account when evaluating the review and making their decision. Um, and influencers who have got a history of providing honest and unbiased reviews, and those are the influencers that, you know, you're generally following somebody that you do trust, Um they're gonna have a positive impact on that purchasing decision because the person watching them does trust them. Mm -hmm. And key for us is working with Manpower on this. It allows us to select influencers that provide those genuine reviews in a trusted space for our customers. Thank you, Karen.
0: Um, With reviews, like, do you keep an eye on what's happening in the marketplace? Like to see what other customers are saying either for products in your space or, um, you know, competitive stuff or just in general, like just to see what the customer wants that might give you some ideas?
1: Yeah, most definitely, Christy. So my team and I regularly look at the reviews our competitors are placing online. Um, They give us a really good, valuable insight into consumers' thoughts, needs and preferences. Um, And they can assist us in a number of ways. So they can identify um, ways in which our products could be improved um, they can identify key features that perhaps our products have got that our competitors don't that we can then capitalise in our marketing. Um, it may also identify gaps in the market, and ways in which we can differentiate ourselves, and also just highlight our competitors' strengths and weaknesses. Um, and so we can evaluate ours against those and position ourselves accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it does create a lot of opportunity. Like even speaking to
0: other brands in different categories, and, um, you know, they're keeping an eye on what customers are saying about their competitors' stuff. And sometimes it's a bit of an eye-opener. Like they can see that, all right, we're all doing the same thing. We're providing consumers similar or comparable mm-hmm. product, But in some instances, for some categories, their competitors could be getting a more um, compelling response from consumers and they've resonated a little bit more. So it is good to... Take your head out of the sand and and see what what, what the reality is. Correct. Do you have
1: an opinion in terms of what you think the
0: best place for consumers to leave reviews for and why?
1: Yeah. Look, leaving a review online, it just needs to be simple and easy for a consumer. So um, ideally, I think that, you know, it should be placed somewhere that they've either purchased the product from, they've researched the product or even the brand's website. Um, that also provides some authenticity. Um, and it's also the sites that, you know, like-minded consumers are going to look for the reviews themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, social media in particular is a really good place for consumers to leave reviews. Um, it's somewhere where their friends and family will see the reviews and it also allows for really quick reactions and feedback. Mm-hmm.
0: With reviews, there's obviously a few things that as consumers and as brands, we're all looking at, which might be the kind of info that's shared, you know, the star rating, how many reviews have done, where they appear, and also um, how frequent, like if they're really dated or if they're current. If you had to choose, what do you reckon is best for your brands and why out of those things?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. All of those different things can be valuable in different ways, um, and it will often depend on your goal or your objective for a review. Um, but many, and I guess ourselves included in it, think that the overall star rating is important, simply because it's often the first thing that the consumer is going to see just when glancing at a website is that star rating. And that star rating can have the significant input um, in their purchasing decision. Um, but secondly, I guess I would say that the information contained in the reviews is also really, really important. Um, it can provide valuable um, insights for other consumers reading it, but also to us as a brand um, on consumer preferences on a product. Mm-hmm. Following on from that,
0: um what would you say or what process do you go through to decide how many reviews you want to see for products that you're, that you're rolling out? Like do numbers matter for your industry and your product type.
1: But yeah, I don't really think that numbers matter or that there is a universally desirable number. Um, a higher number of reviews can definitely help with things like SEO optimization and helping establish trust. But also, you know, sometimes a high number of reviews might not be um, relevant reviews. So, you know, they may, if you've got a new product, a new product may not have had time to generate them. Or um, if a lot of those reviews are old, the product itself may have evolved over time. So they may not no longer be relevant and you know some of them just may not be from a reputable source so i think you know ultimately the value is probably in the quality not the quantity and just taking the time to actually you know go through them and have a really good read and make your own judgments Mm -hmm. yeah there are definitely some really
0: good points there um you know as as marketers we're always looking at how we can get Better bang for buck. Uh, how do you leverage some positive reviews, and and how does that help you um, grow your brands?
1: Yeah, there's a number of ways that um, we leverage positive reviews. So, um, firstly, just as part of the purchase journey, they're really important to be there for the customers to see, to build trust, and also to read what other th- people think about our products. Um, we also then use them in our marketing. So we can use them to build um, product and brand awareness um, across the board. So whether or not it's things that we do on the website, in our social media, in newsletters, we can refer and quote to those um, reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, I guess, in the bricks and mortar space where our key customers are it also gives us the ability to then take those reviews and go back and talk to our retailer partners about what our customers are saying so you know we might want to highlight the star ratings that you referred to before about what products are most popular or we might want to talk about a particular feature that our products got that consumers are talking about. So um, for example, it might be the fresh antimicrobial that we've got in some of our protector bed mattress and pillow protectors that our competitors don't have that are of good appeal. Um, But I think that, you know, one way that we really do leverage them. And I think it's really, really important that um, everybody does is to make sure that you respond to reviews um, because that it's a really important way for showing customers that, you know, we're listening to them. We care about them, their feedback, and it also encourages them to, you know, come back and look at the brand and repurchase. Great tips, Karen, because we have
0: seen different brands approach reviews differently and, um, there's so many more opportunities when you when you go the extra mile with the reviews, and even responding and engaging is great because then what happens is, as the mums have told us, is they're looking at how you're responding to someone else's review. And sometimes yeah, they're making correct. a judgment call on that. So it's really good that you've you've highlighted that. Karen, some brands have, have told us in the past that. And we've actually, you know, been in that situation before, where occasionally a negative review will be written because the reality is not everybody going to love you. Um, and they, some brands get really upset with that, and they want any negative reviews to be totally pulled. Um, whereas on the other instance, we've worked with brands that have insisted if there are ever any reviews that are less than perfect, we want them up there because it creates more believability. What's your take and what what do you do when you see negative reviews?
1: Yeah, look, negative reviews are going to happen no matter what. Um, and I think that it's really important for brands to handle them in a professional and constructive manner. So for us, it means looking at them as an opportunity to improve and build stronger relationships. So um, to do that as a first point of call, we generally will contact the customer. So, um, If we've got their phone number, we'll pick up the phone and give them a call or we'll shoot them an email, um, just acknowledge their concern um, or offer a solution or an explanation, whatever's appropriate, um, and demonstrate our commitment to customer satisfaction for that customer. Um, And what we actually find is that in most cases when we do that, the consumer actually themselves wants to take back that negative review. So it it turns the situation around. um, We've addressed their concern and they're happy for us to remove it off the website um so yeah it's really important I think for a brand to you know look at negative reviews as a way as to look at um, positive criticisms and find a positive outcome mm-hmm. yeah definitely have
0: you ever used reviews as I mean I know you've used it as customer feedback but to the point where you changed a product or has it played a role in new product development yeah look
1: it's They give us a lot of valuable insights into what the customers think about our existing products, but also give us ideas on what we could change or what we could improve. Um, So key to that is, you know, looking at things like what they're talking about in terms of design, comfort, ease of use, and just monitoring trends and patterns that might show up during those reviews. So they've definitely played a role in our product development. Um, So, you know, we've often made small adjustments to products or we're focused on a particular particular fabrics moving forwards so yeah they provide a really good tool for us to look at um, product development Um,
0: can you think of a scenario where you did actually change a product or or so forth and and um, how that might have impacted your business
1: Um, So with our quilt protectors, they're a good example. So um, we have a quilt protector that um, makes sure that your quilt stays clean and dry. Um, What we did when we first released them is they didn't have clips or ties on them. So the quilt inside would often move or um, move away from the cover. So um, resulting from customer feedback, we added clips to those. So yeah, it's just a good example of how, you know, that that feed came back, came back that was perhaps a negative of the product we improved. So, you know, now consumers don't experience that same problem. Well, oh, that's good. Um, we
0: were talking to mum shoppers recently, and we asked them how do they know that the reviews they're reading are genuine or not? And they were saying that some of them like actually go and delve into who wrote the review, what kind of other reviews they've written, are they all positive, are they negative? Like some of these mums go to quite a bit of um, effort to validate yeah. the authenticity of the reviews. How do you weed, weed out the genuine reviews from those that you feel maybe aren't so genuine?
1: Yeah, look, it can be very, very difficult, um, mm-hmm. but there's a number of things that you can do just to help out. So um, we always suggest that you look for specific details. So um, reviews that tend to be genuine will have actual information about the product itself or its features or benefits. Um And just responding to the reviews. So we talked about that earlier. So, um, you know, responding to a review and asking the question will often weed out those ungenuine ones because they won't be able to elaborate on the situation or on their comments. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I think the most important thing you can do is just analyze and review patterns. So, um, you know, you'll find that if a large number of reviews are posted over a short period of time, or if there's a high number of positive ones or low ones, you know, it could indicate that they're being fake or not genuine. So it's just a matter of look, looking at trends over time. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, that's really good. Um, with different brands across every single category, especially now more than ever before, everyone is looking for ways to get more reviews more often. And, uh, you know, we did put this out to our mum and influencer network um, to get their take on what do you reckon brands can do to get more reviews easier. And one of the ideas, and they've shared a couple others, was to simply ask because in their opinion, sometimes they're buying stuff and they don't even get asked for a review. Do you have a process that you take um, to... um, to to encourage more reviews from shoppers. And can you tell
1: us about that? Yeah, definitely. Look, you you can only ask, right? So um, online, we ask all our customers who have made a product purchase to place a review. And we do that via an email, which they receive after receiving the goods. Um, A large number of them do... Make that review, but some don't. Um, within the Australian market, um, we're not offering an incentive at the moment to encourage those reviews. However, it's something that we may do in the future. So, to encourage more people um, to place those reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of getting the reviews on social media, um, we really value our relationship with yourself and mum power. So, um, we get a number of reviews through undertaking programs with key mum shoppers throughout the year. And we always look forward to receiving their feedback, their engagement and the comments of their followers. Oh, that's
0: great. Thank you. That's that's really good that that is all helping and contributing to, you know, how you show up um, online and as part of mum's journey. Taryn, as we wrap up, if if there are other brands listening to this and they want to drive more reviews, what would you say is the first step that you would recommend for them to um, drive more reviews cost-effectively?
1: Yeah, look, I think the first thing is you've got to make sure that your online presence is optimized so make sure that you know you're easy to find all your information's there and it's an easy process for the consumer to follow Um, and you've also got to understand the platforms where the customers are going to be leaving the reviews so you focus your efforts in those areas and then just what we talked about previously the most important thing is simply to ask so um, you know reach out to the customer after they place an order and just ask them to place that review Karen, I'm going to ask you one last question
0: um, because you've worked with Corp for a while and you've seen and been involved with a whole range of different marketing activations and you know where the market is sitting with reviews today. Uh, moving forward, do you believe you and other brands should, we, should invest in generating more, less, or the same amount of um, focus on reviews um, moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think it's about focusing on quality reviews on the platforms where our consumers are looking for our products, are looking for information on it. So for us, we do want to generate more online reviews um, for the people actually purchasing the products. And that may be um, putting in the process of incentives. Um, But secondly, definitely um, driving reviews through social media and working with key influencers who talk in the space where our consumers are purchasing so you know talk to the mums and you know talk to the people looking to buy our products online so they can see what other people are saying about them what their friends and family think.
0: Karen that wraps up our chat for today thank you very much for being a part of the show it was our pleasure to have you involved in Mastering the Mum Market podcast. want to learn more about product reviews and what you can do to have more mums discover your brand well be sure to listen to the other two installments of this series we've got an interview with a mum shopper and also with a mum influencer who both give us their take on how product reviews will or won't make them buy a product